0: To the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, joined this week by Jacob Barker and Felix Fortambrian, our roommate, Habs fan. Uh, not a Panthers fan, but a some say close personal friend of Jonathan Huberdeau. It's not I'll, true. I'll take
1: that. I'll take that.
0: We'll take that. Uh no noah this week because he bailed once again, but that is okay. And As always, this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you guys by DraftKings. And the second round is in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the games, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 up for grabs each day. And the best part, it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's games and track your results throughout the evening. Question will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. How you guys doing this week?
2: Oh, we're doing well. How are you doing,
0: Justin? Well, fantastic. I mean, we all kind of live together, so it's not really much of a question. I know what you guys have been off to. Just kind of hanging out with our new house cat who is wandering around somewhere right now, Theo. But yeah, things good. good. It's been good, yeah. It's been good. We just finished watching a nice Euros game, Italy versus Switzerland. Big win for the Italians. Uh. But yeah, in playoff hockey, finally, Stanley, or the semifinal started. Uh, I'm sure, Felix, you're excited about that. You're Montreal Canadiens. And yeah, I got to ask right out of the gate, like, how, how the fuck are they still here?
1: How are they I mean, still playing
0: hockey right now? How is it that that roster is still playing and the Florida Panthers are just living their best life in South Florida?
1: Like, let me start by saying that I do believe that the Panthers are a better team in Montreal, just so I don't get, you know, crazy hate from the get-go. Um, to start. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's just been a combination of Toronto choking, which we can talk about. I feel like it's always a good topic, but and just some some kind of team chemistry. Carey Price standing on his head. Um, You know, he's clutching big games, and he has been. You know, nine thirty save percentage, I believe. So it's hard to uh, argue against that. And then again, uh, we could also argue that we've been lucky in a way, you know, top players from each team missing times due to injuries uh, or suspension. So I guess we'll take that as well. A bit of a reality check in game one against Vegas, though. I feel like everyone can agree that especially the second half of that game, Vegas was clearly the better team. Uh, So interesting to see how Montreal adjusts in game two. But hey, we're here. We're still vibing. I'm still watching Montreal Canadian mid-June, so I cannot complain.
0: Yeah, like I gotta ask because like I talked to some other Habs fans and Noah, he's also from Quebec. But it seems to me like <clears throat> all, all the Habs fans I talked to are just kind of like happy that happy with how well the team's doing, but their expectations are never like getting like ridiculously out of hand. Like it, it doesn't seem like like sometimes it like leaves fans, it like gets like a bit delusional where they think mm-hmm. it's the greatest team ever. Habs fans are like, we're just playing with house money at this point beat the Leafs. Like, let's just have some fun here. You know, you want them to win if they don't. Oh, well you get to watch, yeah. you know, your former captain, Max Pacioretty.
1: <laughs> light yeah. Uh, no, that's interesting for sure. And I think most of us agree that no one has expected us to be there in the semis. Um, Nobody maybe expected us to be Toronto as well, but things happens and I, uh, I,
0: I picked them on this show.
1: I picked, yeah, I, I, heard I, you, I picked, which, I picked uh, uh, your prop, house props for that. No, you're right. I think uh, probably the happiest person would probably be Bergerman right now because he probably saved a few years uh, of his job. Um, I think if if Montreal lose in round one there, I think him and Ducharme are both gone. But now, like, can you make the argument and fire them now? Of course not, because for some reason it has been working. So I guess and we've seen how happy he was after those two. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, victories. yeah. Him
0: celebrating with the players wearing his
1: red suit yeah so like i said yeah we will just enjoy the show while it lasts i do have vegas and six personally for this series but then again am i going to be sad if montreal pulls an upset absolutely not
0: yeah no actually i didn't even ask you guys because you weren't on that episode but well yeah what are your predictions for these two rounds these two series you got vegas and six what do you got in the tampa series
1: i have the unders and six believe it or not um and yeah so you're just you're, just
0: you're you're yeah, okay, i like it no i like it it's good jacob what do you got All right, well Jacob's frozen out right now, so we'll wait on him. Uh I think I'm going. Yeah, probably Vegas in six. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take the I'll take the Islanders in seven. Like I think okay. Tampa Bay a better team, but I you know, I can't can't root I can't willingly pick Tampa Bay to win a series after you know what they after put the us through Panthers. in that first after that first round. State rival can't do it. Jacob, are you unfrozen now?
2: It looks like I'm unfrozen. I don't know why it cuts out every now and then, but all good. Um, I have, so I think, I, yeah, I got Golden Knights in five on my end. I <laughs> think the Habs can steal a game. I'm, I, I, I'd am I like to see them do well, um, but I just think there is a very big gap in the skill, and I think uh, it's about that this was the round in which I, I think, like, it'll get the most exposed. Like I don't I think the Leafs use choke artists, so like they they'll never be the team to call nor team to expose like any of the weaknesses, and then uh, the Jets just seemed off that entire series. So
0: like uh, how, how I, bad
2: did Pierre-Luc Dubois look all series? Oh, like I think both I on Twitter too. I think just like both teams lost that trade. Like Line A hasn't been good and Dubois hasn't been good. So like <laughs> uh, been, I like,
0: I obviously I think Columbus wins the trade and because Jack Roslovich. <laughs> That's the deciding. That's really
2: yeah, there's your third, the third party in there. That yeah, I guess he's been pretty good. I scored some but other person. than that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, back to the predictions. Like yeah, I got Vegas in five here. Montreal steals a game at home. That'll, that'll be it. And then, uh, and then the Islanders and Lightning. I'll I'll take the Lightning here. I know I I'm I'm rooting for the Islanders. I don't want uh, the Lightning to win that, but I I got Lightning in seven. I got to go in the distance. Uh, Islanders just pulling out some stupid stuff they remind me a lot of where ottawa was on that 2017 run with like a really bad lineup but they play so like disciplined and organized that they're just able to just like like steal games that they have absolutely no business being in uh, so i got yeah i got lightning seven there and then i hope vegas just stops them in the final
0: yeah that would be i think ideal watching a couple former panthers you know lifting the cup would always be nice um Felix, the reason we you know, we brought you on this episode, not just because Noah bailed, but because you <laughs> sometimes in the summer golf with Jonathan Huberto. So I got asked, do you have any good Jonathan Huberto stories for our listeners?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I think it's a good time to, to just share a bit of a story I had considering Yubido, because one of the things I always m- admire about professional athletes least is the ability to just come clutch when it matters the most. And we've seen a glimpse of what Yubido can do in the playoffs. I think it was absolutely amazing. Um, probably arguably be like their best player alongside Burakov. Maybe you can make an argument there, but. Gustav um, Forslund maybe. Yeah. yeah, too. I mean, we can go on and on. because I, I mean, it's the whole wrong. team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very it.
2: Might as well have to go around coping mm-hmm. this as well. Like, it's going <laughs> down that path. It-
1: exactly. So it just like. I do play them occasionally like maybe like four or five times during the summer. Um, so I occasionally, like we're about the same level, I would say golf wise, definitely not hockey wise. Wow. That, that's, and, that's, <laughs> wow, that's,
0: that's awfully harsh about this
1: golf game though. I'm- <laughs> no, he, I would say it's like a, for those of you out there who golf is probably like, I would say like a five or six handicap. And when I'm playing really good, I'm probably around that range as well. So occasionally we had some bets tossing around, um, so I remember, you know, we play um, every hole, so if you hole, so I was three up on 14. So there's literally four holes to play, and I was fairly very confident, right? And Eubirdo uh, starts talking trash, even though he's down three three holes, and I'm like, "There's no way. I just have to tie you two holes, and I'm good here, right?" And he's like, "And of course, like we don't make the same amount of money, right?" And John really? makes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. makes a bit more than I do, I would say, just a tad. So he's like, You want to just like bet a hundred bucks a hole for the last four holes? And I'm like, Well, see, which is like, bucks that's like hole, nothing to him. To him, it's like a sack of chips. To me, it's like, it's like two bucks. weeks pay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I was so confident, right? And I was just like, There's no way I lose this game. So I was like, Let's just call it like a 250 for the end of match. If you can come back, and I'll, I even said like an idiot. I'll give you two to one. Right? Oh no! Um. So, walk on the fifteen. It's a par five about 530 yards, and he just absolutely rips one. Bums one about 340 down the fairway. I'm like, oh fuck! What, the, what did I just <laughs> do here? Right? And then, so, and then of course I like slice my drive left, scramble back, make a par, but he makes it about a 24 footer for birdie. So I'm like, okay. It's okay, I'm still two up on, on 16 3-0s to play. Part three, about 160 yards, and just remember that shot really like never forget. Like he hit the pin on the on the on the on the part three at the tap in birdie. And now I'm only one up. <laughs> and you can guess the history, you know, he went 17 and then he won 18 as well. So kind of sounds like dude oh he did he's definitely a sand, sand you know he's just, yeah. he likes to uh just, you know. no at the end of the day um he, he let me off the hook but it's it was just amazing to see like he he finished four hundred through four and i was plus one which is still relatively good but he's just like always amazes me when like professional athlete and especially uber himself like the ability to just like turning on when it matters and just becomes like just the, the best version of themselves possible Yeah, the, just, the, 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 cl- the ability amazing. to be clutch is ridiculous it's just that's that's when I saw it. it's like, yeah, this is not like your typical like Sunday round. It's just this guy when he wants to bring it on, he can bring it on. And that's what I kind of remind me when I saw him in the playoffs, he was just absolutely buzzing. And I was like, give this guy some game that matters and he can produce for you. So,
0: yeah, he's the guy like we've seen it with some players in the playoffs, some star players. Oh, I'm not going to call any of them out. Mitch Marner, who kind of mm-hmm. just fade away as the, the pressure mounts as the moment gets a bit bigger. And even though the Panthers didn't make it out of the first round, you know, guys showed up, right? Yeah. And you can tell, like, there's some gamers on this Panthers team. Even guys that are not, you know, your top-end players were, were gamers in that series. Like, Ryan Lomberg gave you everything you could ask from him.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right?
0: Like, he scored a goal. Like, that's unreal. Who's a winner? Who's a winner? <laughs> Ryan Lomberg, the hero. Right? Like, he, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's But, yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Those
1: guys. Yeah, I'll just finish because I don't want to ruin his rep. Like Iberosa, he's he's a class act though. Like there's uh there's nothing really wrong to say about him. He's just very genuine. Every year, um, I get the chance to go to his golf tournament, which is just a way for him to give back to his high school. how so he raised money for them. Um, he's very, of course, I wouldn't say he's like that well known as uh, terms of like a public presence because he likes to keep himself low key during the summer around the, the Montreal area, but. He he finds a way to give back, and he's just, like, a a great person. Of course, a a very nice, decent hockey player, I would say, as well.
0: Well, I mean, there you go for all our listeners. You know, Jonathan Huberto, good guy, good golfer, excellent hockey player, absolute gamer. Best way to put it. Best way to put it. Just an absolute legend. Hopefully, he's, you know, a Panther for life. Just rocking that super nice contract right now.
1: Um, yeah it's pretty good good for him too um i don't know if you want to talk about that but assist to assist the year assist yeah of the year
0: deservedly so
1: that was nasty
0: yeah and realistically he probably could have had a couple assists to the year oh for like, sure he like he is like in my mind like top three playmaker
1: in the league it just the, the passes he can make are ridiculous yeah no that's true and just like This year, too, was really surprising to me because in the past, and we saw it a bit last year, too, but usually it would play along Barkov, right? But this year, the way it could elevate other players really impressed me as well. Um, Talk about Sam Bennett, right? Um, Yeah, like, ridiculous. Like, how good was he? But honestly, I feel like most of that was just playing on the line with Eubardot. He just, this year really impressed me how much he had that ability. You know, we always talk about Crosby making people around him better, but Eubardot really took took over this year in that department if you ask me
0: yeah like like Sam Bennett like you you know he's he's a decent player he's high pick right and I just felt like the the way he plays the game meshed so well with what Huberto did and Huberto was able to like we've seen with Sam Bennett in the past like there's flashes of potential and Huberto's had that ability to just bring out the best version of Sam Bennett and Anthony DeClaire was also there you know Jacob former senator your guy Absolutely. Oh, what a guy he was,
2: too.
0: <laughs> Absolute legend up there in Ottawa. I mean, yeah, like it's it's still like as short-lived as like you know the the playoffs was for the Pans, still a lot of fun, and you know, the whole year was just so much fun watching how well the team did, and you know how much fun like the players were having, like they were just like vibing at all times. And that no, you know, sure. that that that's a sign of a good team, like the culture and you know. The attitude of the players, it's huge, huge in the playoffs. Right. And that's why some teams crumble Toronto and some teams, you know, can make up for the ability they have with just being a close knit group, Montreal. Like it, it's, it's,
1: it's quite cool to see it this time of year. Um, no, I, I think if you just bring back Egg Blad in that same core, I think Panthers can do some good things next year for sure. Yeah. Maybe you add Dougie Hamilton. Who knows? Like it, <laughs> lots of. <laughs>
0: who knows Doug, Dougie Hamilton? Is he coming to Florida? We were, I was talking to though. We were planning on doing an entire episode where we just pitched South Florida to uh, Dougie Hamilton, <laughs> which we did. We did a bunch of them last summer. Um, and one of them did work. Now we, we don't have confirmation that that was the reason that, you know, uh, and, I, I think that was the reason hundred
2: percent. Yeah. Like I, I can't, we
0: can't, we couldn't confirm it, but we were pretty sure that that's how Anthony Duclair ended up uh, on the Panthers. Um, didn't work with Taylor Hall. Didn't work with Petrangelo, but I mean, it's okay. Who,
2: need, who needs those guys anyways? You, you got the one that you wanted. You got the one pick.
0: Yeah. We got the one guy. We got Carter Verhage. It's, it's, it's too easy. Uh, back to the playoffs though. Uh, we've seen one game from the Montreal series, two games from the Tampa series, uh, what have your thoughts been from from these first few games just the intensity and a lot of talk around the officiating especially last night
2: yeah the officiating uh, uh touch on preview. i don't like to like get too into the refs just like i i was a ref and it sucked when it happened so like i don't, I don't it's like the worst to, I, I give i give the refs a lot of the benefit of the doubt just with that or even just if i disagree i don't really say much but yeah, I know it. It hasn't been fantastic in general. I think there has been it, it. Truly, it's not even as much about like the calls that are being made. It's about the consistencies what at which like those calls are made. Like I feel like the consistency is all over the board. Uh, but, like there's no clear definition of like what is and isn't a penalty in a lot of these cases. Like you you wouldn't see two examples of. Like, I I it's almost impossible to pair like two examples of like a single action like. Toss these two trips side by side. One of them got called, one of them didn't. But they could be pretty much the same play, um, and it, it you you know why? Like it's it's obviously because of the game management side. Like obviously the NHL doesn't want to like they, it's all about managing the game. It's all about just like you don't want to give one team too much momentum. You don't want to like to you don't want to put one team too far behind. Like it's all game management. So it's it's strategic, but it does become frustrating in these moments. Of t- like, especially um when you see people like in big playoff moments like things not get called or things get called completely unnecessarily just to like hypothetically, make up a call. yeah makeups like I hate makeup calls like and it, it just sets a really bad precedent for like what is an, isn't a penalty like the whole point of it is to penalize like infractions upon the game so like if you're, if you're gonna call a certain thing one way at least be consistent with it. Uh, across the board. And I think the, the lack of consistency is what bothers me mostly about the play, about the officiating.
0: Yeah, like you see it all the time where it's like you see a penalty and they'll call it, like something they'll have in the first period, it's like, that's a penalty. They don't call it. Identical play happens in the third period and they call it. And if it's like it was a penalty then, it should be a penalty now. Like, I don't care whether you let them play or you're going to call it pretty tight, but just stick with it, like, and have some consistency. And like, I get like, you're going to miss some things, you know as a ref because you know hockey especially it's a very fast game so you know you can't have your eyes everywhere you're going to miss you know certain calls here or there but it's just ridiculous how inconsistent it is
1: yeah no, nothing more really to had Barker really nailed that um and you as well and the follow-up is just if we could to have some consistent it would be really it would be some some good playoff hockey because last night that 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 call against uh Point for goal interference and then that goal with six guy on the ice is just it's too much you know it's it's hard to kind of like especially as a coach and trots mentioned it it just it's it's hard to kind of like make up your mind around and it's like oh it's try to erase that and just move on from the game because that's that one's you know it hurts so
0: yeah well especially like a too many men one like that's not even like a subjective call. Like there, it just you have too many guys out there. Like
1: exactly, that's,
0: it's not like like oh, like did he really hook him there? Did he grab onto him here? It's like no, like count them. There's six or seven guys out there, like stuff like that. Like you, you should like he got two refs out there for a reason.
2: You should probably get the call right. But now the yeah. black and white ones are the ones that are frustrating the most. Like for hypothetically, they for the most part have done a decent job with high sticking like where if there's contact at all in the face whether it's intentional or not um and then the blood like the blood rule the minor double minor for the most part they've been consistent with that but yeah like you, you look at the trips and everything like that and it's almost like uh, it's all over the place like you you know they're always making the argument with like that like oh well if like did was it that forceful? Did he have enough momentum for it to actually like trip the guy? Like it, it's so tough in that case. But like, so I understand it's a tough job for sure. But at the same time, it's it's the blatant ones. Not that like they miss like even they miss high sticking calls, but it's like man like you, that's not a debate. That should shouldn't even be uh, anything at all. And then like the too many men last night. It's like that. That's not like that's not game management. That's just like. Get, like, get the call right like that's a, that's a blatant mistake. yeah like
0: really see so like if you're a player like I think the only way you're like are gonna do something where you know it's like 100% gonna be a penalty is if you toss it over the glass it's mm-hmm. the only one that's just consistent and even that like there was the one in the Toronto series versus Montreal where the guy like deflected it out and that one was also like weird but yeah the officiating's just I don't know it seems like we complain about it every episode I feel like Realistically, like most of our episodes are probably us just complaining about refs and then ripping on the Sabers.
2: That's a that's the way that every like hockey podcast should be, though. Like in natural progression.
0: Yeah, and like to be clear again, like we don't like ripping on the Sabers. They just consistently do things that are easy to rip on them for, so we do it because we never plan these things out. Uh, but talking about the Sabers, last episode we had you on because Noah bailed. Never forget and. We were talking about the draft and we kind of got cut off at the end. Uh, Panthers holding the 26th pick, which is really the 25th pick because Arizona uh, has kindly forfeited theirs. Um, So we were talking about it before, uh, but who the Panthers should pick. Uh, So I'm curious to know who do you guys think the Panthers should take at twenty-six?
1: Um, Wait, I have them yeah. at twenty three. They heard no. Um, am I just wrong? Or?
2: No, they're they're twenty six. They're technically, really? I believe it's actually technically. You yeah, know, they are technically twenty seventh. Like twenty six is there actually? Like they? Oh no, they would have been twenty seventh, but they moved them up to 26th. This is Arizona,
1: right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah okay. So twenty six pick. Um. Okay. Okay. Well, I had a. I wouldn't say like a spicy pick, but I'm pretty high on, on a guy, and I have him at nineteen. But I think the consensus that I'm just looking at an elite prospect here is 32. So I guess you could call it a little bit of a spice. But and I kind of want to hear you guys on take because we actually never talk about this guy, I believe. But I'm really high on Scott Morrow.
2: Okay. Oh baby, do I know a lot about Scott Morrow? <laughs> Go get no, get going. yeah, tell me your reason.
1: Don't get me wrong. Nowhere near NHL ready. That's not going to be my point. I think there's a, a lot of improvement still still in his game. But I don't want to push it too much. But if I want to back my spicy take, is giving me a bit. And again, this might take some heat. A bit of Kale McCarr vibes. Okay.
2: <laughs> Whoa, let's
1: go. Now. You guys heard about UMass, right? And their program—it's pretty elite. You know, Kel McCarr went there, and I think you know, and, he and his brother him. went there. Exactly. He's he mentioned there. it multiple times that it really helped his game. Uh, he's going there next year. Um, I, I was really happy when uh, when I heard that. And it's hard to really judge a prospect when he was playing in the you know, USHL prep league and with all of the COVID in these days and whatnot. But I think this guy, with one or two years in the NCAA, could be a great. Uh, mobile defenseman for the Panthers and I feel like it fits in in terms of like what they could use even though like you could argue like Gustav Forsling was great and and whatnot but it's just like I feel like they need that kind of like transition to defenseman in their system well, yeah they have um, like, no
0: D in their system
1: they have like exactly. Tronic and Ludwig and both of those guys are like
0: fine but and there's then, no like, like
1: guy mm-hmm. with the resurgence of uh of Bennett and Lundell coming in on the wing, you still have Denisinko and and Tippet. I think that that's good enough. That your first pick should be a D, in my opinion. So I went a little spicy. I went Scott Marwa. I like his game. Again, I like his skating a lot. Um, a lot, a lot of things to work on. He's a bit of a raw prospect, but I like him a lot, and he's gonna get that UMass UMass experience, and I can't wait to see where this guy goes. No, that's I like it.
2: No, go ahead, Justin. Oh no, you go ahead, man. I was I was gonna tell a follow-up story there because it's funny that you mentioned Scott Morrow because uh at Dauber, we are notoriously known, and not I shouldn't say we as much, as Tony uh Ferrari is known for really pushing Scott Morrow right now <laughs> really? and like into the first round. You can he's check Tony. To, no, pushing. you can you can check uh Tony's rankings. I'm I don't think I can get it right, right now, but Scott Morrow is in the twenties in that, and I believe it's earlier rather than later for Scott. And I remember in one of our meetings, it was early-ish. It was like before most seasons had started, or like they had just started. It was like September, October-ish. And uh, we were doing these rankings and uh, Joel Henderson, who now works uh, with FC, brought this guy up and was like, we were starting to talk. We were like around the 40s. Um, and he brought this guy up. He's like, I'm not going to say that we should rank him now because not a lot of guys, like not a lot of you would have like heard of this guy yet um but for the future we need to put scott morrow and in this range or uh in like or higher he's like watch this guy for the next bit he's like this guy like you mentioned while raw has every single tool to become an elite defenseman in the nhl the skating the puck moving the offensive instincts the defensive instincts the physicality he's not small either for a prep league he's what 6'2 right now oh yeah yeah this guy I I can't believe we forgot him last week Justin I should have known that because we were last last that's uh, on you you're you're the draft guy I'm I I just go up here (laughs) it's because Moro's just outside on mine actually oh I might oh no sorry I moved uh, more up Scott Moro's 30 on my board so he's if the Panthers are picking at twenty six, that's completely fine. Is he? Uh, is he, is he from Shattuck-St. Mary's? Yep. Yeah. So going where from where else would elite, he be from? Yeah.
0: Like so, he's going from one of the development high schools to one of the best development colleges to one of the best development teams in the Florida Panthers potentially.
2: But yeah, no, I think like this guy from the bat has always just been like flying under the radar. Uh, quietly it's because of the league and it's fair it is a fair concern to be like trying to judge someone in a high school slash ush mm-hmm. loop like as you said it is it is challenging but uh at the same time that's where you just look for the tools like don't look as much about like the the stuff that he does with the ton of space look at the little things like just look at the uh, look at look at the building blocks and then know as a franchise and in this case in florida if you trust your player development, you trust the location that they're going to, and UMass is a great uh, location for that. And like I, I think he's very, very much worth a first round pick, and and I think the Pandas at twenty six is a really good landing spot for him.
0: Yeah, and like it is one of those drafts where anytime you got a guy with like raw tools, like you got to be at least somewhat interested, just because there's so much unknown. It's like, all right, well, this guy, we know what he can do, and there's a lot to like, uh, so he could be you know, a really nice, nice pick for the Panthers there. I mean, I think I'm a bit undecided when looking at it. Like, I think it's tough. Like, I think defense probably like got to be your priority just based on your prospect pool. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: if there's every year, just go positional, go D. But at the same time, like if there's, you know, there's some, some pretty good forwards that are ranked, you know, a little bit outside the Panthers zone. If one of those guys falls and is available when the Panthers are picking, like, I don't mind that either at all. Like there, there are some forwards that I you know I, I really like in this draft that I think could be players. But I mean I'm gonna for me personally I'm gonna stick with Danil Chaika who we talked about a little bit last week. Uh again, kind of I I love the raw tools of the guy. I think he is that kind of modern two way defenseman. He's got size, you know, he can do different things. So I think of all the defensemen that are going to be around in that range, he's he, he's my guy for sure. But
2: I'm curious to know what you got, Barker. Yeah. I mean, now that, yeah, I, again, like I said, I forgot about Scott Morrow. He's uh, he's ranked 22 on our board at Dauber. So technically yeah. if you, if you're splitting the difference between like Felix Dauber and I here, he, he falls like pretty much right on where the Panthers that uh, would be in uh, for, for this pick again. Yeah. If I'm going to go defense, I like Chica and Morrow for that. I think I, I have the sneaking suspicion Chica is going to go too early like Trike is going to be a top twenty pick just because of the raw tools. People know who he is. He's played in the World Juniors. Like he, he's he been he's bit. been around
0: a while. Like, yeah, he's been he's, on the radar a familiar, for a while. Yeah, he's
2: raw, but he's a familiar pick. You've seen so him he's a a, lot, so. yeah, and they're like so, for a lot
0: of teams, like he's a guy like you would have seen a lot more than some other guys. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah, like, I, like we've seen him in previous seasons.
2: Yeah, I, I think he's got all the tools. So I, I think Chica and Moros an RHD. I don't know. Some teams have a preference, like if they wanted to fill like a certain gap. Uh, but I think, uh, between Chika being a little bit like most likely off the board and LHD, like I'm probably, um, like, I, I don't know who I'd lean towards. Maybe if Chica's still around, I'd probably take him. Uh, but Scott Morrow would give me a really, like, that would be a tough discussion in the war room. That would be like a, I, that might just be like a game time decision for that. Cause I think more, I think Morrow is more likely to be around at that pick yeah, no,
0: like, yeah, like I, I could almost like guarantee you, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Morrow's probably there.
2: Yeah, the sleeper pick for a defenseman here again. It completely depends on range. This guy could just again out of familiarity get taken closer to ten than anywhere else, but he could also fall outside the first round, and that's Carson Lambo's. Um, mm. he is a very very talented hockey player that had a really really bad draft year. He. He was he went over to Finland and was for the lack of a better word, just brutal when he was there. Just did not adjust properly to the to the big ice, looked incredibly uncomfortable the entire time. It just he did not look good. But to keep like people should keep in mind when they're saying that this was a, a season like no other. He was going to an un, an unknown country to play in an unknown league at 18 years old during the middle of a pandemic it's the, like the circumstances are not great i know people went over and did well um Pavish did well Offman did well uh after some slower starts but um it, it, you you got to keep in mind that these circumstances may not actually like fully reflect how good this guy is i i think he is a, a fantastic player his again the, he is falling for a reason like he, he's not as uh, per like he's he's not as um what's the word for it? It's he, he's not as like sure of a thing as people thought he was like he's a little more like raw in his development than people originally thought he was. Um, but every like he, he's similar to Morrow in terms of like the tools are there. You just want to see uh, the actual fun, finished product at that point. But I think Lambos would be a sleeper pick. Out of those three, like I think Moro and Chaika are like easy to discuss later, and Lambos could fall. And if he does, that could be like a pretty solid steal at 26.
0: Yeah, like you know, like we've seen it like in the past, too, like guys who are ranked pretty high and then just have a brutal draft year. Now he's got a lot of you know, pretty good excuses for, for not producing up to expectations. Like, I think if you're trying to evaluate him and whether he's worth a pick, I think you put more weight into what he did last year in the whl versus what he did in finland in a country where he doesn't speak the language and bigger ice right so like i i would very much be happy with with carson lambos going to the panthers but i don't i don't i don't see him falling that far
1: yeah, I agree. Um, I, I was gonna say that. It's just if if we had to bet who goes first between the three guys we just mentioned, I think uh, it would be a lock for me. I'd pick Lambo going going first out of these three. Um, again, that's just a, it, it's my mindset going into this draft. If I'm a team, uh, this is a year that I would just go off raw talent, uh, kind of scratch what happened in the past 12 months or so, and just trust either your development system or where those these guys are going next year or within the next two years, and just pick off talent. Because it's gonna be really hard to judge last year, even if you had a good year, like how much is that is actually representative of other people just having a bad year? You know what I mean? Well, like just- we
0: saw with like a lot of guys, like there's a lot of guys who put up like ridiculous numbers in like the WHL and like very impressive, but it also you have to remember like it is a weaker, like the quality exactly. of competition in the WHL is weaker than it normally would have been. So exactly. putting up two points a game, very impressive. But it's not the same as putting up two points a game in a normal
1: year. Like exactly. I would discount it a little bit. Yeah, and that was my, my whole point. You just I would I would go off talent, and I think the three guys you mentioned would be amazing for the Panthers. Though.
0: Yeah, like I think uh, any of those guys. Like um, the only other guy that's really like projected in that range is Coolman's, who Jacob hates.
2: <laughs> I whoa 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 whoa. whoa that's whoa.
0: a direct quote.
2: No, no, that is a no,
0: direct no. quote. I don't
2: know. <laughs> No, no, no. I don't mind Corson Coleman's at all. I thought he was. I, I mentioned this last episode. Too, Walking but it but back at the U eighteen, he was good in his role. I did, I just like he he played a role that wasn't massive. He got some PB two time, which was good, and I thought he ran a good power play. But he does better than, like
0: better than a point per game this year.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he's a good player in the AJHL. <laughs> he's a good. He's a good player. Um, I just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the same kind of concerns with Scott Morrow with Cooleman's. it's just like, it's not a league that I'm too familiar with knowing, like, in terms of like, what are good performance standards to judge a player by. I just, is
0: very good. He's very good.
2: He's, oh, he's, he's putting up fantastic numbers in, like, in the AJHL. It's just, I, it, it's a league where like the point totals don't necessarily tell the whole story. And it's tough to actually like evaluate how good he he is. I but the raw tools are there, and I thought he had a like I said he had a good U eighteen, uh, where it did well based on what he was asked to do, uh, which isn't wasn't like a massive role. Um, but yeah, I think I think overall he's a guy that like I I would look at for sure at this pick. It's just for me, it's the same or it's the same. It would be the same to me as. Uh, Scott Morrow. It would just be how, how, how sure are we that he has all the tools to be an NHL defenseman? And I wouldn't be as concerned about like point totals or anything like that.
0: So just to kind of like prove your point of what you just said, like you don't know how to like judging the AJHL tough to value a certain things, especially with the defensemen. Last year, last draft for the Panthers, dive into the AJHL system. Take Michael Benning. With one of their picks in third or fourth round. Michael Benning, who had the same number of points and the same number of games as Kale McCarr in his draft year. But you know, as much as I like <laughs> Michael Benning, Kale McCarr might just be a little bit better. Like Kale McCarr went, you know, you know, he went pretty high in that draft, and Michael Benning didn't. So, like again, yeah, like you said, like points don't tell the whole story, especially with defensemen. And, but I actually, I do have the quote here from you from earlier, from the other day. Um, <laughs> it is Corson Coolman's is an absolute liability and not a good hockey player, just like every other AJ player ever. End quote.
1: Wow. Barker I refuse to believe that happened. <laughs> that's ref- a tough one. I
2: refuse to believe that ever happened. That's that. that those are your words. Um <laughs> <And> <laughs> no, take listen, away. I'm, I'm going to lose my job.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's not as bad as that time you spent like an entire episode just ripping on scandinavian
2: oh players. no this is ridiculous <laughs> i'm just kidding to just slander no i you see <laughs> your words no you can't even say you can't even say it has any like validation though because i had no good in my top 10 <laughs> like if, uh, if that Whoa. was true no good wouldn't be anywhere close to my top 10 <laughs> <laughs> well maybe it was just the finnish players then i had raymond at three too and goodness Swedish. Yeah, exactly. So maybe you just hate the Finnish players. Oh. Vidi Mietnan <laughs> inside Anton Lindell inside my top eight? Uh yeah. no, The argument's not it's not valid.
0: All right. So we talked about the defenseman. If you were gonna go forward in this draft, who's someone you would look at for the Panthers?
1: That would be around that range. You got a name, Felix? no not really because like i can find a name if you you want to uh i'm just looking at my rankings right now but it's just like to me it wouldn't be a year i would go forward at all if if it was
0: me i trade out of this draft to be honest not like i'm out first of all get some assets and then i would just like yeah give all my scouts the year off and i'd be like hey go take a vacation right go so we'll send you like Greece or something. Go to Mykonos, enjoy the beach. <clears throat> we'll try again next year. Just trade away all our picks. Yeah, that would
1: be, I, the that would one be. I like, but it would be might be a bit of a reach is Zach Dean from uh, from Gatino. Um, I'll stick going with a French player. He might be Q biased, um, but I was I was actually watching clips of him recently, and it's just like I like what he offers. And I think he could transition maybe to a top nine role in the NHL. Um, I like his two way elements that he brought and it's just, I feel like he's a smart player. So but then again, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Like as like a comparable, would you say like Maverick Bork?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, you're, I, I think it, the way you value Maverick Bork, so he might be a, a, just a tad under him, you know, I don't, I don't want to praise him that much, um, but I like Zach Dean. And if you have to go forward, but it just like, it makes very little sense for me when the Panthers are gonna have Barkov, Lundell, Bennett as their core now, as their center, and even Winberg. I don't know exactly if he's still in the mix, but it, it would make very little sense for me or for the Panthers to actually pick him. Um, but I do like him. I like what he brings, and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I I, I like it. I like it. You know, I'm I'm a big. Yeah, have a forward. In a, a forward um, line or well, I
2: don't know, I don't know Bark. I don't know what you're thinking for forwards. See, for me here, again, like I I it doesn't make a ton of sense to go forward here. But the only thing that would make me think about going forward is if there's a faller that we really like. And for me, and that like that's where like you kind of assess like the value. It's like, okay, like as much as like we need a defenseman in the pros, like in the pool, this forward. Is like so value like it's, like for pick value there it's like we can't just like miss this guy mm-hmm. kind of thing and there are a lot of candidates for fallers just because some team I, and it's it's the inconsistency of like how much people were playing this year I there are going to be at least a couple of people that fall just out of pure chaos and I think my candidates for that again this is OHL bias um. If Francesco Pinelli's available, oh, I knew it. I knew I, it. Was man, be man, Francesco Pinelli's available, which he could be I'm, for Pinelli. I could, he could go like in the ten. I think he'd go at ten, and he could also go at forty in this like that's not where he should go, but that's the range of like if he's gonna fall, he's gonna fall in this draft. And like for me, Pinelli, he he's very refined with a lot of the things he can do. He's not maybe he's not the best fit for the Panthers. Like his skating does need some work. Uh, and, just, yeah, and the Panthers, all they do is skate. Yeah. It's top speed. That, that's the issue. <laughs> so yeah. Benelli if you can skate, all... your Panthers. Perfect. Yeah. Benelli has a lot of tools. He's a really good player. It's just, he's more refined in like his actual, like his skills than most prospects would be at this point. Uh, with the exception of skating, it's just top speed. His agility's fine. He's just not the fastest player. Uh, which is a little bit of a problem for the Panthers system because you guys are a very quick moving team. Uh, so if we're going to go that way, uh, this guy, I don't even know if you can really call him a faller because this is about the range that he is in. Uh, but if you want to go speed, if you want to go Panthers hockey, I think Logan Stankoven fits the bill. Uh, he is a quick, quick player. He's got a ton of skill. You know, he, he would be a plug and play kind of guy where like, this guy can go play anywhere inside your top nine and just skate and contribute all the time. I haven't seen a ton of, like, the actual play driving. He can do it when he's with to his WHL yeah, team. But
0: To me, he's just, like, one of those, like, you can put – like, you put him on a skill guy just to be that, like, relentless presence. Like, to be, you know, like a Zach Hyman for, for any, you know, Leafs fans. Like, a guy who will just, like – he'll give you 110%. Like, he'll always be going – he's not going to drive play, but he'll do a lot of things that allow other guys to, to play their game better. So I yeah. see some of that in, in Stankoven. coven. Um, just curious though, with Pinelli. do you have like a comparable for, you know, any of our listeners? Cause I'm sure, you know, they haven't watched a bunch of him and I know comparables always suck, but is there stylistically anyone you kind of see him
2: resembling? Oh, a comparable is tough for Panelli Um, if I had, I could I could spend some time and find a pretty good one. Um, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to think of like is Zach Hyman one's decent. I think that's that's kind of up the alley of what he would be about, just like a, a relentless player, good skill, but nothing like out of uh out of nowhere. Felix, do you have a comparable for penalty
1: Um I I direct no, I think he brings you a mix if you want to like closer to the pen there's a mix of Hyman and a mix of maybe alex winbert um not the fastest players but i think what's underlining about him is he's just a really good playmaker and i don't think he falls because of how great a u18 he had um again that team was really stacked with chain right conradore and whatnot but it's just like i don't i i, I love him and i but i have him that's like i have him at 18 So i was like that's a bit too much of like it would have to fall like eight ranks um like, then again, like, I have Scott at, at 19, but that's just a hot take, right? So that's why I was kind of – I was sure I can afford that one. But, um, yeah, so I like your – a bit of a Zach Hyman, but I feel like he's, he has a bit more skill than, than, than Zach Hyman. So a mix of him and Wenberg, I feel, it would be what I would say to kind of, like, bring it down to Panthers kind of a comparable.
0: No, I like that. I like that. No, he's, he's solid. Um, Justin,
1: you have a guy for us or what?
0: Do I have a guy? <laughs> Lots of guys. <laughs> Well, like, the guy I, I love, he's not going to be there, I don't think, but Brandon Ottman
1: okay. from
0: the Flint Firebirds. I mean, the guy's electric. He's one of those guys, like, to give you a comparable, right? Like, uh, uh, it's so <laughs> tricky. <we> <laughs> like,
2: I've got, I've got,
0: I know, like, the, like. Movie. okay, I'll want to hear the story after. But to me, like, when yeah. I watch him play, like, it's not all the time, but there's some times, and I swear I'm watching, like, Nikita Kucherov. It's that <laughs> level. <laughs> right sure but, sure, but like nikita kucherov light so like a tyler
2: johnson maybe
1: okay
2: but uh what's your brandon altman story i'm curious yeah it's just i was able to like i had the opportunity to hop on a podcast with him with tony uh with our dollar Draftcast, and he again i i don't think he's gonna fall like he's the eighth ranked north american skater by central scouting that in itself is usually enough to drive him up for most teams. And then he he was, he was
0: a high pick in the OHL too.
2: Yeah. And he was so good for the, for Canada in the Mm U18s. He was so good. I think this guy's going to be an absolute baller in the NHL. Uh, So I don't think he falls. I think he's probably going inside the top 20 leaning close, like around 15 is where uh, I'd be looking at him. But if he falls, like from what I, Talked with like when, when he was talking to us, we were doing a little thing and like Tony likes to do. It's like um, I forget what it's called a game tape with Tony, I believe, uh, but it's on YouTube and it's they're sweet videos because he talks with these pot with these prospects and actually breaks down their game with them. And I was on the call with Othman, and this guy is the most detail oriented guy I have met in this draft he knew and from like a memory perspective too, like we, we were doing this on the second of world juniors and we were talking about games that happened like a month ago and we're looking and we'll talk and we'll be like, Oh, so like we'll pull up this play and be, as we're playing it, he's like, yeah, I know exactly what happened here. Like he remembers everything and not all of them were goals. Like some of them are like defensive back checks, like just plays that happened on every shift. And he was able to say, I remember that and then break down exactly what was going on in his head the entire time. He was like, yeah, I remember I got the puck here. I got a quick glance. I was thinking shot, uh, but then I saw in the corner of my teammate. Like He he is so detail-oriented on top of his just relentless style of play. I think this guy, again, I don't think he falls, but if he falls to Florida, this is the guy to fit your system very quickly. I think one more year of the OHL, I did, and he's a guy that will play, like he can come into the NHL quicker because he's able to actually play on the fourth line. Like if you're, with your young prospects, he's, there's some players that just simply can't do that. So yeah, it's, yeah the, it's top yeah, six or nothing. Yeah, like By Byfield's a decent example of it right now. Like he, he's a guy, I love Byfield, but he's not fantastic at playing a bottom six role. So it's like, you might as well just keep him in the AHL and then you can move up a little bit. Uh, but no, like Othman can come into the NHL quicker because he is going to play on that fourth line and play a fantastic role during that. But when his time comes to come to the second line, first line, he will be he'll he'll step up. He'll do exactly what he like wants Kuchrev, so. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I like I I, I really like Renan Othman. I don't see him being there, so that's not maybe a realistic type of target. Um. Like some of the other forwards, like a lot of the forwards that are kind of projected to go in the Panthers range. Aren't that exciting to me?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, uh, mm-hmm. I've seen, and I haven't seen that much of many of them either. Like I've seen a lot of like Mackie Sam Muskevich, which who would almost certainly be there. Um, I think he's got some underrated skill there. Don't know if it's a ton of high end production. He's coming from the USHL. I don't know if I'd go that route, but he would almost certainly be on the board. Um, if you want a guy who's just easy to draw, comparable, Colton Doc, just compare him right to his brother Kirby. Um, so that's that's an easy comparable right there, just Kirby <laughs> Doc White.
2: Oh yeah, light emphasis on light.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's like a light beer. It's not quite a beer, but you know? still, it's still, it's still fine.
2: I wouldn't but... be surprised if Colton Doc went at the end of the first round. <laughs> like he, I've seen him in a couple mock drafts. It's scary. Like it, there's always one guy that like will go way too high, and just because of either name recognition or just like. And if there was ever a draft for that to happen, to be this one, it'd be like, oh yeah, we didn't watch Col- anyone, but this Colton Dawk should not. Yeah, Colton Dock should not. <laughs> Let me make that clear. He should not be in the end of the first round, but he would be like one of those guys that just like unnecessarily gets into in the first round just because of certainty and name recognition.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then like. I think either way, like, I th- yeah, I think, like, a big thing for me in this draft would either be taking a guy who, like, is pretty raw but has some, like, ability or just taking guys that you know are going to, like, good places for development. Like, if you're taking, you know, a guy who's maybe going to play college hockey next year, like, that's a great way for a player to develop. Like, those college programs are insane, the resources they have to, to get bigger, stronger, huge, and you're playing against guys who are older, too as opposed to like the ohl same thing with like guys playing in europe uh which we've seen the panthers do a lot of drafting from from europe uh obviously you know anton lindell last year and then uh, emil henneman who uh was shipped off to calgary uh but i don't think anyone's too upset about that <laughs> i'm upset about it i don't know why you're upset about it
2: you've <laughs> <laughs> a psychopath, a psychopath. <laughs> he, you were all in on Emil Heinemann I drafted Emil Heinemann in my fantasy keeper league He was a seventh round pick yeah it's worth it it's been it's been great it's been great we're on the we're on the come on yeah so like yeah he's great yeah Emil Heinemann
0: fantastic player or, like, yeah, and then, like, yeah, so I'd take, like, you know, if there's a European player who falls, like, I'd be all over that. Uh, yeah. Kind of an
2: – I feel like we've talked about it before, uh, Justin, even Felix. I wonder if we've talked about this too. But for me, I think my draft philosophy, obviously, first couple rounds you take, like, take the guys you like, go from there. And then after that, I don't know, just because of the uh, – just because of the entry-level contract, like the LC rules, Mm. I don't think outside of the third round, unless there's a guy that I really, really like for a spot that I know is going to be like good and signed, like signed within two years. I don't think I would be drafting people out of the CHL outside of the third round. And the reason being from that development perspective, guys that are going to college guys that are going to Europe. All of those, you have four years to sign them. But with CHL players, you have two. Again, it's not a huge deal, but when it comes to just actual contract management and going through that perspective, giving players a longer time to develop, the odds of a player developing into something in the NHL outside the third round, what was it? We did this, it it drops off significantly. Oh, yeah, I read the number. It's low. It's yeah. very, very low. The, the first round's pretty high. The second round has a pretty big fallout. And then rounds through, three through seven, the odds of like getting someone are low. So for me, I'm looking to buy the most amount of development time possible for my players. And where they can play, we can move them around. It's all good. We don't have to worry about ELC stuff. Oh, It's all just... Um, like it, It's an underrated part. I, I remember uh, us talking to an NHL scout and they said like given as much as the CHL is a good year, like two years is usually enough to tell if a player is going to be good or not. There are a lot of instances where it's like, we don't really get a ton of time to know if this guy's going to actually be something. And you have to use a contract and for teams that have a lot of contracts on the books, it's not ideal to have like, to be that much that being that much of a time crunch. So it's, it's an interesting concept that goes kind of under the radar a lot, but yeah, the, the management of that like i'd be looking for a lot of high school certain high school a lot of college players and then a lot even as out of the USHL works and then yeah all of europe for for the four years as well
0: yeah like i think like even in like the first round like if there's two guys like that i like pretty much about the same like i'm gonna take the guy that is gonna you know play college, who's playing college who's playing in europe and one of the teams that does that really really well it was the colorado avalanche who have taken Kale McCarr, Tyson Jost, Alex Newhook. Um, they had Sampo Ranta from Finland. They've taken, they've made, and I think I read an article that was like a cognizant thing is that they want those development years because now, like Kale McCarr does two years at UMass, huge for his development, but it also pushed back his ELC expiry, which has been huge for them and allowed them to bring in some pretty good players last year and have the space to do that didn't ultimately work out, but you can see how that thinking has influenced how good that team is.
2: Yeah. And like, like I said, it's, it's not a, like, it's not a slight against the, uh, the CHL, because the CHL is still a top development league. Um, And in the first round, I'm not as worried about it because most of those guys like Daniil Chaika, we're going to know whether he's going to be like a good NHL or not in at least two years, like minimum, like max two years. Like it, it's for a lot of the top talent, you're going to figure it out pretty quickly. It's yeah. more about like the ones that you're looking to develop into roles. Those are like the the ones like mostly you're just looking to see if they have anything or they have one, one or two tools and you're looking to develop a third, you know, like money. <laughs> blah, yeah. yeah, Something like that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. No, like I, for those guys, that's where I'm really looking to buy development years and I'm looking to just trust the the location or the program like where they're going to play their hockey and then having faith in my own uh, development staff
0: yeah so we made all our you know prediction or like our our, you know who we like uh for the panthers uh just want to end off who is your actual prediction for who you think ends up in a panthers sweater in the 2021 nhl draft not who you want but who you think
1: um well this is really hard um, well, it was very hard because this year.
0: well yeah um, and when you're so late in the draft to, you have no idea who and you're you have no idea who's going to be there so it's a total it's like, shot in the dark but like if what one of us gets I, yeah. it if one of us gets it right though it's unreal it's unreal yeah like, but, but that's it. my
1: point the percentage is already so low i might as well stick with my guy scott morrow you know what i mean just like what if i say someone else and it's actually scott morrow i'm gonna look like such a dumbass so like honestly i have to stick with my guy like the, the odds are just so low i'm sticking with scott morrow I feel like he's going to be a great fit for that system. Has the speed for it. I love the guy, so I'm sticking with him.
0: I, I, no, I like it. I like it. I think it'd be a great pick. Uh, Barker, who you got? Who do you think ends up wearing that gorgeous Panthers red and gold
2: on draft? I mean, I, I like Felix, Felix's uh, philosophy there. I, I got to stick with one of the guys I listed. I was going to go a little, off, a little off there, but I think I'm going to go – as much as they shouldn't, I'm gonna go with Logan Stankoven. I think he really, even though he is a forward, he really fits the Panthers style of play. And if there are a lot, like like we saw last year, if defense start going like unnecessarily high for some reason, uh just because they're defensemen, like we had talked about the, the range is kind of a gap. Like there's a ton of like top end defensemen yeah. that are available inside the top 10, and then a bunch of defensemen that are like available like 22 and beyond. So like if if teams in that 10 to 22 gaps are like unnecessarily taking defensemen and there aren't isn't one I like. I think you go for the system. You go or you go for someone you know is gonna fit really well. And I think Stan fits the bill for the Panthers.
0: No, I like, yeah, he'd be I mean I've I've watched him a bunch in the dub and he's he's got a good motor on him.
1: Fair enough. So what's your
0: call? Well, obviously my pick for who I'd want would be Danil Chaika. Who do I think ends up in a Panthers uniform, though? You're not going to like it, but <laughs> I go with Corson coolmans
1: No, oh, God.
0: You know, they dipped into the AJHL pond last year. Why not double dip, grab the best player in the league that's available? Um, do I, like? I don't think it's a great pick, but I just – you know one of those guys, like, you know some players just look at them like, yeah, this guy just looks like a Panther. And to me, that's Corson Coolman's fits it to Definitely. a T. I see a bit of Noah Jewelson in his game.
1: Oh, I, I, can, I can talk to you about <laughs> Noah.
0: <I don't>, so. <laughs> so I see that being an almost identical pick development in the process as Noah Jewelson. So, and then it's gonna be Corson Coolman's, and he'll be on waivers in like five years. I can see that.
2: <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> Question.
1: <laughs> we I will not it. hear of Carson <laughs> You got to respect the take, though. You got to respect.
2: it
0: <laughs> Wasn't the usually you you pick Carson Coolman's right, and then you rip them So if you if they do pick him, look genius, and then if he p- doesn't pan, you also look fine. So it's it's perfect. Oh, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I hope he. I, I hope. I hope he's good. If he's in the on the Panthers, or he's anywhere else, I don't really care that much, but. Uh, true. we true, yeah. So we, we'll, we'll see, you know, drafts when is the draft in a month? Month
1: yeah, and a bit, yeah.
0: mm-hmm. five months, uh, should be fun. Maybe we'll throw a draft party, you know, Good. have some fun, set up a war room, mix oh, it I up. Doubt. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that does it for this episode of the podcast. Unless you guys have anything you
1: want to add, um, uh, no, I just want to say thanks for the invite. I had a blast, it was a uh, fun talk Oh, yeah, thank you. Hop on anytime.
0: Appreciate literally it, any time it.
1: it was a bunch of yeah. fun so just a big thank
0: you it's always fun i mean this is basically it's basically just what we do normally just talk hockey just recording it is pretty much all this is true, true. right like how like how many times in the last week have we just casually been talking about Corson and coolman's versus daniel
2: chayka I
1: mean, oh well, yeah I've,
0: I've had that
2: conversation with <laughs> you three times today already just like it's, <laughs> it's crazy
0: yeah no we yeah i think i think we might need some more hobbies <laughs>
2: Fair enough. <laughs> we'll have to change the theme of the podcast. We'll have to go a different direction. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess that's it. Thank you to uh, everyone tuning into this week's episode of the podcast, uh, and we will be back on Monday with a brand new episode where we talk about more hockey stuff, more Panther stuff, probably some playoff stuff. See what else happens around the league. Who knows? Should be a lot of fun. Hope to see you all there and enjoy the rest of your week.